Coming up this week on Ride the Lightning, the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast. Say hi to the quickest Model S yet. More Model 3 production groundwork is being laid. Model X lands in Australia and much more. Welcome, friends, to Ride the Lightning. It is the Tesla Motors unofficial podcast, episode number 55 for August 21st, 2016. I'm Ryan McCaffrey. Thanks for joining me once again. I am back from a uh, about a week over in Disneyland, which is always fun. I have to say, I've uh, been going to Disneyland at least here and there since I was a kid, and I still love it. I still think there's just, it is a magical place. It is just a fun place. And now that I have a kid of my own, she's five, uh, it's really fun watching her enjoy it and sort of soak it all in. Just as, and, but somehow I'm having fun too. That's, that's, I think, the brilliance of Disney. And I have to say, uh, we did this trip last year with some family of ours. So I apologize if I said the same thing on the show after last year's trip. But I have to say, so this year, I got our daughter to go on Autopia, which is the, the it's basically, it's a, it's a huge track where you actually, the kids can drive the cars. In this case, uh, my daughter couldn't, couldn't reach the, the gas pedal, but she could steer. So she had her steer, and I was just working the gas pedal, which was also a brake. You know, it only goes, cars probably go three, four, five miles an hour tops. They're, they're not, they're very slow, and... But what, what astounded me was that it's 2016 at Disneyland. Disneyland is a place loaded with all kinds of new, fun, exciting technology. You can see it on so many of the attractions. But the Autopia cars, these little cars that, that uh, kids can drive, they're all little ICEs. They're all gas-powered cars, every single one of them. So you're really, you're, you're, you're just breathing it in when you're over there and uh, they're loud and they're, <laughs> I'm just, and I tell you, we ended up, uh, she, you know, she's, she's five. So she's been kind of reluctant to, you know, try, I'm trying to ease her into going on some of these rides, which, which of course, as you parents out there probably know, when you finally make that happen, when you get them to go on it, then they love it, right? You just have to get them to try it. And sure enough, in this case, my daughter uh, absolutely loved Autopia, and they have a photo booth at the end of the ride, after you get off the ride, where you can you just swipe your card, you pay five bucks, and it'll print off a, a plastic, an actual, like a, an Autopia driver's license, which she now adores. But what uh, I just can't believe <laughs> that Disneyland is still just pumping out all these emissions all day long. You know, the, the park is open like 16 hours a day. And it's, the, it's just pumping out all this CO2 and it just smells awful and it's loud. And the, the second time we did it, like the first time it was fine and she had a great time. You know, they, they, they can steer, but the cars are, there's these little cement sort of uh, tracks that they're on. So they, they can only veer so far. You're never going to like veer over off the course or hit anybody in another lane but um the second time we got kind of a a bum car we got a, a crappy car that like i had to just pu- i had to like pump the pedal 
a two or three times just to get the dang thing to go. And the whole I'm, I'm thinking, why, why aren't these electrified? It would make so much more sense. And they could, they could just pipe in, you know, okay, okay if they want to simulate a, a race car kind of situation, they could just pipe in engine noises. They do that on the Cars ride across the plaza at California Adventure next door, which is, by the way, the Cars ride is a brilliant, is an awesome ride. Uh, that, that's, that's what they do, that exact thing where you're, you're in these, on this electric, you're in, their cars are electric. They're like giant slot cars, basically, if you had slot cars when you were a kid. But, and they pipe in engine noises. They should be doing that with Autopia. That's my only complaint as a, as a Tesla super fan. That jumped out at me as like, wait, why Why is Disney still doing this? I don't know if it's solely because Autopia is presented at this. They have a sponsor, and as some, some of the rides do, it's presented by Honda. So I don't know if Honda just like stipulates, like these have to be gas cars. I don't know if Honda actually provides the engines. Who knows? But anyway, uh, I'm rambling. But I thought that was, uh, if you've never been to Disneyland, or maybe you have and you've had the same thought as a Tesla fan. But anyway... Had a blast out there. That was great. And it turns out while I was gone, there weren't any like earth-shattering Tesla news stories, but there were just a lot of them. I uh, was putting the show together this week after I got back. I've got 12 stories to get to, an actual dozen stories to get to. And and I edit, you know, I curate these things too. I even left some out. Then I, I always want to make sure. Again, I, I say over and over, I want to be as uh, respectful of your time as possible if you're kind enough to, to take time out of your busy life to listen to this podcast. So there are some things that I didn't do because I either didn't have anything to say about them or they were just rumor or what have you. So uh, this isn't even technically everything, but boy, 12 stories this week. We'll get right to it. And I just want to add uh, on that note, I'm going to skip the Ride the Lightning hotline, uh, the voicemail box this week. I have a bunch of calls in there. Thanks to everybody for continuing to call in. Again, the toll-free number, which you can dial up anytime. Talk a little Tesla. Leave a message with you know question, comment, discussion topic. 1-888-989-8752. So I've got a bunch I'll get to next week, as well as whatever, whatever new calls you guys call in with this week. But uh, I figure the show is probably going to be long enough with just these 12... Uh, stories. So let's get started with one more P100D follow-up from last week. And it comes to us by way of Tire Rack. I don't know if you know Tire Rack. They are a major online uh, tire reseller. I use them, uh, I used to use them all the time because when I had the DeLorean, they were really the only reliable place to easily and conveniently get tires sized for the DeLorean. They actually have the DeLorean in their system. And they, of course, have Teslas in the system. And uh, it turns out, that's the bit of news here, is that they actually listed the P1, a, a 2016 Tesla Model S P100D in the system this past week. Now, this could be for dumb reasons. Something as simple as, say an overzealous tire rack employee that saw the story that I covered last week out of the Netherlands, and they just went ahead and put the P100D into the public-facing system. However, it's also equally possible that they got tipped off 
by a tire manufacturer like Michelin or Pirelli or somebody else, you know, Continental, or those are kind of the big three that Tesla use. I guess Goodyear is in there too. Tesla does use a lot of, now that I think about it, they do use a good number of tire suppliers. But it could have been any one of those, those tire manufacturers that tipped them off and then still <laughs> there has to be an overzealous employee in the equation here somewhere and an overzealous employee jumps the gun and enters it into Tire Rack's public-facing database. But either way, either way, whether this is, uh, this is a silly thing or a not-so-silly thing, it's adding more fuel to the fire on the whole 100-kilowatt-hour battery thing, if you'll, oh, <laughs> if you'll pardon my phrasing on that. I guess fuel to, fuel to the fire is uh, not, not the uh, most current of ter- Oh, current. Uh-oh. It's, is this podcast going to devolve into unintentional bad, bad uh, gasoline and electric car puns? God, I hope not. Anyway, speaking of performance Model S's, there is a well-known Tesla enthusiast who runs a wonderful YouTube channel called Drag Times. His name is Brooks Wiseblood. You may, you've probably seen a Drag Times video, uh, whether you realize it or not. He's done a lot of stuff with Teslas. He's got himself, uh, he's, he's had plenty of Model S's. He kind of, seems like he upgrades every time there's a new Model S. He's got a Founder Series Model X. He did that really cool video when the X Founder Series cars were first delivering that he, he pitted uh, his wife, at, he took the X and the S ludicrous cars to the track and raced them with his wife driving the X and himself driving the S, uh, which was an excellent fun video. And so Brooks got his hands on a P90D Ludicrous Model S, one of the refresh cars, a new one. And he took it to the track. Or, well, actually, this, uh, we don't know if this was on the track. The, the camera just points at the, at the instrument cluster. But he managed to run a 2.6-second 0-60 sprint in, the, in a brand-new P90D Ludicrous which, uh, as we've discussed before on the podcast, is those are car. Those cars are apparently stealthily packing about fifty more horsepower. Here, I'll listen. I'll let uh, Brooks tell you about it for himself. Listen to this clip from Brooks's Drag Times video. Yeah, zero to sixty on the V box screen here shows two point seven seconds. Now that could either be. The V-Box screen actually rounds, the raw data goes to the tenths, so that could be a 2.7x, or it could actually be in the 2.6s. So I'm going to go pull the card, check the data, and report back to see what this thing did. Alright, so we're back. I mean, the car's astounding. It's faster, it's quicker. Uh, this thing just ripped off 0-60 to 60 in 2.65 seconds. And you got to understand, that's just as fast as a Nissan GTR. 911 Turbo Porsche S or any of these sports cars are doing and those cars are on performance tires This car is on it's all-wheel drive, but it's running on like 245 19 inch all-season tires and uh, Did 0 to 60 in 2.65. I mean, I, I didn't feel any slip, but it's possible. It could be even faster on the 21s uh, We're gonna later on. We'll do some more testing of them Maybe get some 0 to 100 or maybe try it down the quarter mile. Thanks for watching Bravo Brooks, and I have to say it is crazy that he did this on 19s. I mean, as he notes, 21, he says, you know, he didn't get slip on the 19s, but theoretically 21s, 21 inch tires and wheels should give uh, better grip and thus 
a slightly quicker zero to 60 time. So Brooks, if you're listening, get some 21 inch shoes on that bad boy and get back out there for science. <laughs> You've got to do it for science. But I thought that was a great, uh, a great thing. It's, it's cool to see the Model S just right out of the box, just a turnkey Model S. You know, granted, it's not a, you know, it's, it's a top end ludicrous car, but just with, with off the shelf 19 inch tires and wheels, rips off a 2.65 0 to 60 run. So fantastic stuff. Tesla continuing to just, just make the cars better. Not even going to tell you. Here it is. It's a better car. Shh. It'll just go quicker now. Go ahead. Race anybody you want off the line. Uh, next up, let's see. This would be story number three. We're on story three of 12 if you're keeping tabs at home. We've got our first third-party wireless charging solution for the Model S. This story comes via Biz Journal. EvaTran, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, E-V-A-T-R-A-N, they are preparing to ship a product called Plugless, and it is intended to wirelessly recharge your Model S via uh, induction power that's pulled through a module added to the car that doesn't void your warranty, uh, and it's it comes through a pad that you put on the garage floor or driveway under the front of the car. Now, uh, there's there's no this is a third party situation. There is no official Tesla tie here, but EvaTran says that the uh, accessory here will not affect your Tesla warranty. So here are the details if you're curious. Uh, the cost, the, t- the total out-the-door price for this, if you want it, if you're a Model S owner and you're looking for this, $2,440. Uh, but that is, in, that is a sort of introductory discount price. After some indeterminate period of time, that is going to go up to about $3,300. They're going to give you a three-year warranty that will cover the cost if... Uh, if it somehow negatively affects the vehicle, I would check the fine print on that. But uh, this charging station, it's good indoor, outdoor, and they claim it's good for temperatures from zero degrees Fahrenheit up to 122. So uh, for you Phoenix folks, as uh, you know, I, <laughs> I spent 15 years, uh, mostly, grew, mostly grew up in the, the Phoenix area. I've seen 122 before. That happened one day back in like 1992 or something. And 115 is uh, very, (laughs) very regular in the summertime. But uh, the charging rate, by the way, is about 20. They they claim you're going to get 20 to 25 miles per hour for this wireless charge. Unfortunately, the system only currently works with rear motor cars. So 85s, 60s, 75s. Uh, support for the D cars for the dual motor cars is expected later this year. Now, I, you know, to each their own, of course. But to me, honestly, this seems kind of silly. How much work? Because the 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 Biz Journal story was talking about, and I don't know how much of it was just fed fed to them from uh, what's their name, Eva Tran. Or, and how much of it was their own sort of reporting, but uh, it seems a little silly to me. How much work is it really to park your car, whether it's garage or driveway, your t- park your Tesla at the end of the day, 
and to take the plug out, whether it's whether you're just using the mobile connector and you pull it out of your trunk, or you're, you've got a high power wall connector so your cord is right there on your wall, and just take 10 seconds to just plug it into the, the, the wall and then the car. Uh, you know, th this seems like a lot of money. This a, seems like a steep price to pay for something that's really not saving you a lot of time. And in addition, it's not actually, it won't charge as fast as the uh, NEMA 1450 circuit that Tesla recommends that everyone put in. In fact, that's what I, that's what I have in my garage already, even though I don't have a Tesla yet. You know, the, the, a NEMA 1450 circuit's going to get you about about 30 to 32 range miles per hour. So, you know, if anybody snags this, I'd be very curious to hear your thoughts, you know, positive, negative, neutral, etc. But, uh, th yeah, this seems like a bit of a steep price to me. That you know, $2,500 for the introductory price, almost $2,500, that seems like you could, you could invest that uh, into your Tesla in, in better ways. Say, I mean, that's... That's like one and a half sets of 21-inch tires, probably two sets of 19s. That's, uh, for you East Coast folks, maybe that's a, a set of winter tires. I mean, that, that seems like money that uh, doesn't necessarily need to be spent on, on wireless charging. I, it, but, you know, it is cool. You know, you can kind of bring your friends over and be like, hey, check it out, my... I don't even have to plug my car in. It just charges when I'm in my garage. So I guess, man, maybe they're counting on the cool factor. And maybe it is cool. I mean, maybe if I saw it, I'd be like, wow, that really is pretty sweet. But that does seem like, uh, like a good chunk of change there. Next up, Tesla. I just got the email Friday night late. That's interesting. That I don't know if Tesla sent these out in waves and I just got mine late and other people had, had gotten them sooner. But I hadn't seen this reported anywhere. Tesla has introduced a new two-year leasing program, which I have to imagine is aimed squarely at me and a big, big chunk of uh, my audience, aka those of you who are fellow Model 3 reservation holders. And I'll tell you what, when I got that email, it almost worked on me. I spent a good bit of time playing around in the design studio I even stopped by a Tesla store on my way home from running errands today because it, it was right on the way. I've been kind of wanting to show my daughter the X anyway, which, by the way, after we sat in it in the, you know, the showroom version, I asked her which car she liked better, the S or the X, because there was a, both of them were in the, the Burlingame store. And she, she, like me, like father, like uh, daughter, she chose the Model X, although I like it for the Falcon Doors and well, and the the uh, auto presenting front doors, as well as that 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 glorious big sky windshield, she liked it for the third row. She was fascinated by the because she's never spent. You know, my wife and I both have two door coupes. You know, I have my my aging G thirty five coupe Infinity, and my wife has a similarly vintage uh, Mini Cooper. And so, you know, we're my daughter is used to having to fold fold the front seat forward, slide it forward, climb in through there, and then one of us, you know, we're contorting our figures to bend bend ourselves down to to strap her into her booster seat. But 
yeah, my daughter liked the X because she just was she loved the idea of a third of the third row. It was like the first thing she pointed out, and she seemed in love with the idea that hey, I could have like my own private secret space back here, away from mommy or daddy, which of course would be awesome for mommy and daddy too because then we it'd be nice and quiet up in the front of the car uh and you know whatever and she could be doing her thing uh making some noise in the back of the car but anyway uh yeah i came to find out you know i i I really had of course no i had no serious intention um i'm not a big fan of leasing in general um again i've talked about this on the podcast before you know, to each their own. Everybody's situation is different. I am sort of of the of the mind that uh, you know, you buy a car, own it, no mileage restrictions, no nothing, and you own it for a long time until you've you've uh, squeezed every last bit of value out of it, or at least a you know an overwhelming majority of that value. So, but boy, you know, it's tempting, right? It's like, oh, two. That's okay. Two years. That would take me right to my Model 3, even if uh, if all stayed on schedule or even if things got delayed a little bit. But uh, the starting lease rates are sort of kind of reasonable, at least for for me, uh, just with my financial situation. I mean, still a lot of money, don't get me wrong. But the problem is, as soon as you start adding any significant options, autopilot and... uh, a bigger battery, for instance, and anything but the 60, it's the that monthly lease rate goes way up. It starts going way up. But that's just me. You know, I'm just I'm just an idiot out here. You know, I'm I'm just one guy. I, and again, everybody's situation is different. So uh, I suspect that this is probably going to be successful, and that it's it's likely going to reel in a good number of Model Three folks. So. I'll tell you, if you decide to take advantage, know that uh, the referral codes do work with this leasing program. So you can get $1,000 off the car. So please use this one. It's the one I've been plugging on the show lately with this current uh, referral program. Kevin Rapf is the the kind provider of the code, uh, which gets you $1,000 off your car and gets me an entry into the Model X raffle drawing and gets Kevin some cool prizes. So the code, the referral code is ts.la slash Kevin4901. That's what you want to put into a browser or just give that code to a Tesla uh, sales advisor if if you end up in the store. Next up on the list this week, some Model 3 news. Tesla has hired Apple's former reliability director, David Earhart, And his job is going to be focusing on getting the Model 3 build quality and reliability up to iPhone-like levels. You know, for those of you that use iPhones, I really, I mean, really any, any modern smartphone, the manufacturing processes have been refined and perfected to such a degree where it's pretty rare. I mean, they're, they're built solidly and they just work, you know, so that's, that's what Tesla is looking for with the Model 3. You know, we've heard Elon talk just on over and over about the machine that makes the machine and and uh, that whole part of the manufacturing process. So uh, David Earhart is now Tesla's Senior Director of Reliability and Test. 
the story, uh, which I'm picking up from Electrek, says, Sources familiar with Tesla's reliability efforts say that the company increased the staff from a few engineers to over 40 full-time employees in this uh, department over the last year. Tesla added data scientists on the team and focused on reliability down to the design. So, my takeaway from this is, do you think that David Earhart in his new job at Tesla now jokes to his friends that he's the head of Tesla? Sorry, I'm sorry. I'm a little, I'm a little loopy. As you can see, I've just come back from vacation. <laughs> I'm, still, I'm kind of exhausted. Because I'll tell you, as great as a Disney trip is, it's kind of exhausting because you're walking all day. It was 90-something degrees every day. And uh, you're walking miles a day. And you're up early, too, to get there, get to the park, and get on the rides early. So if I'm, <laughs> if I'm a little loopy, I've, it's already, what, the second or third like real bad pun slash joke. But I couldn't pass that one up. Tesla, right? The head of Tesla. Tesla. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry, folks. Next up, a drastic redesign of Tesla's retail concept appears to be coming in the next year ahead of the Model 3's release. Tesla's VP of North American Sales, a person by the name of Ganesh Sravats, talked to Fast Company. Uh, We get that magazine here in our house. Uh, And Sravats referenced the upcoming change. So this is a quote from Fast Company. Servat says that Tesla will soon drastically redesign its retail concept, but offers few details saying, quote, we're throwing preconceived notions of auto sales out the window and starting from the ground up. So uh, I thought that was a very, you know, just it's, it's vague. It just sort of leaves it very open for interpretation. And I'll tell you, I'm open to interpretation on this as well. I would love to hear from you guys about this, whether you want to email in teslapodcast at gmail.com or give a call to the, to the Ride the Lightning hotline. My first thought on this, tell me if you agree, disagree, think I'm nuts. I wonder if, that, if this could involve uh, Tesla using virtual reality headsets in the stores to simulate either possibly test drives before the car is even out and or your own seeing your own custom configuration in you know as if it were real so you can see exactly what your preferred colors and options will look like before you configure uh, on your reservation i mean i'm i'm knee deep in this vr stuff in my day job at IGN, you know, you've got the HTC Vive, uh, which is with Valve software. Uh, you've got, of course, Oculus, which Facebook owns, and you have Sony with the PlayStation VR. That seems to be a pretty, you know, purely gaming-focused device. So, I could see Tesla maybe, maybe they hook up with Oculus. You know, Facebook is uh, just up the road from Palo Alto. I mean, they're. Uh, they're not far apart. I've, you can get to either camp. They're, they're probably 15 minutes apart, I would say, up the, up the 280. Uh, but anyway, uh, that's my, that was my thought on it. So I'd be curious what you guys think. If, if, uh, am I nuts on the VR thing? But I could see that being pretty cool if people come in. You know, you've got a Model 3 reservation, and Tesla puts together a, a sort of VR simulation where you can put in all of your your configuration 
options and see what everything looks like. Next story. I don't even, I've lost count <laughs> as to where we are so far. Model X owners, those of you out there, you'll be taking note of a couple of small but probably very important updates targeted specifically at your doors. One of them makes the close all doors with a single press of the main key fob button a now uh, toggleable option. I'm not sure if toggleable is a word. I apologize if it's not. And it sets that option to off by default because apparently you Model X owners, and I can absolutely understand this, uh, people kept having the, that top fob button accidentally pressed in their pants pockets, which uh, apparently was causing the Falcon doors to be coming down on people as they were trying to, to load in or load out of the car. So this is an aim to fix that. Now the other change is that for those of you Model X owners with the premium upgrade package, those auto-presenting front doors will now be disabled for 30 seconds after you've, you've locked the car down with the key fob. Uh, this is the quote straight from the software update text in your UI. When auto front door is enabled, locking the car using the key fob suspends auto front door for 30 seconds. This feature is particularly useful to protect the driver's door from opening into oncoming traffic. Uh, that sounds like maybe somebody figured something out the hard way on that one. I don't mean to laugh about it, but um, those auto-presenting doors are so cool. But they, they definitely... Uh, I'm not surprised they need some tweaking because it's, some, it's never been done before. Auto-presenting front doors have never been done on a car before. So I'm glad to see that the doors are continuing to evolve through software. And I'll tell you, I, again, um, I, I know the DeLorean is a, a much smaller scale gullwing door than, than the, uh, the Model X and the Falcon door, but I have no doubt that the Tesla is going to get to a point where those Falcon doors and the, the auto presenting front doors are completely predictable and reliable. Uh, and, and it's, it's already, I mean, look how far they've already come in like six months or probably even less than that. Next story this week, our, uh, old familiar name, former General Motors boss, Bob Lutz. He's never one to shy away from giving opinions about Tesla. And he sure didn't when Car and Driver magazine asked him if he thought Tesla would still be around in 20 years. Here's a quote from Bob Lutz, courtesy of Car and Driver magazine. As it is presently, no. As they say, socialism is great until they run out of other people's money. Tesla burns cash. It's not a car company. It's a cult of fanatics who think Elon Musk can do no wrong. But financially, it just doesn't work. End quote. Well, Bob, uh, I have to say, social using the term socialism there, that's a seems a bit hypocritical to me when the company that you headed up was the recipient of an $11 billion bailout from the United States government. But moving past, that's, that's bordering on politics and I don't want to get into that. Moving past that, here's the thing. I, Lutz, I think he's an old guard guy who just refuses to see the future, uh, in fact, the present, really, that's staring him directly 
in the face. I mean, really, I'll tell you, if you if you guys, I don't know if you follow me, if you follow me for long or if you just listen to the podcast, uh, I mean, I appreciate you uh, giving me uh, any moments of your time. But if you do know me, you know that I'm a huge baseball fan, lifelong, diehard baseball fan. And Bob Lutz reminds me of a, of a uh, he reminds me of base, a baseball executive who's been left in the dust by the sabermetrics and analytics revolution that is currently remaking baseball as we know it right now. Uh, in fact, my beloved Arizona Diamondbacks are run by Bob Lutz's, but that's a topic for an entirely different... I should start a baseball podcast because I have a lot to say about my uh, how horribly my poor Diamondbacks are being run and how frustrating it is to be a fan of them, but... Oh, anyway, you know, here's the thing uh, that I would say to Mr. Lutz. Tesla is absolutely, you know, Bob Lutz says it's not a car company. It's a cult of fanatics. Bob, Tesla is absolutely a car company. They've been producing the best car in the world since 2012. And don't, that's not just my fanboy opinion. All you have to do is take one look at Tesla's trophy case in Palo Alto. As, uh, as, as the great Rashid Wallace of once of the Detroit Pistons said, Bob, ball don't lie. <laughs> look at the trophy case. The Model S is that uh, Tesla is absolutely a car company. And I'll tell you, if Tesla is not a car company, there's something more than that. There and they're an energy company. They're a, they're a renewable, sustainable transportation and energy company. And I'll tell you, furthermore, I will say, furthermore, Bob's comment, of the Elon comment there about uh, Tesla being a cult of fanatics who think Elon Musk can do no wrong, that just reeks of petty jealousy, honestly. I mean, honestly. Because it was completely unprompted. He wasn't, Lutz wasn't asked about Elon or about Tesla fans. He was asked about the company. And that was the response that he chose to give to car and driver. So, you know, Bob Bob has, a, has skin in the game. He's apparently involved in the uh, rebirth, the, the, the phoenix-like rising from the ashes of Fisker. So, I don't know, you know... I don't know why Bob continues to. He seems to have a real, a real bug up as uh, you know what <laughs> about Tesla. But uh, and you know he's he's a he's a quotable guy. Outlets like going to him. But you know Elon has Elon proved Bob Lutz wrong years ago at this point. Moving on to some more positive news, courtesy of Tesla Roddy, Alabama State Senate Bill Twenty Two is on the table, and if passed, it would provide an, ex- uh, pardon me, an exemption to manufacturers of alternative fuel vehicles to sell and lease directly to consumers within the state of Alabama. Sadly, uh, so I went and took a look at this. The official state Senate site lists the entire history of the bill and details the bill, but doesn't list anything about when the bill will be voted on. So I wish I could, I, if, so, if somebody has that information and I just missed it, 
Number one, I would sincerely apologize for that, for, for failing you, the audience, in that regard, but please correct me. But uh, for the moment, I will say to any and all Alabama listeners to this podcast, please contact your state senators and politely but firmly express your support for this bill and that you, as uh, you want to see your elected representative represent you and pass this bill and get uh, legalized Tesla in the state of Alabama. Next, what are we on here? Uh, I think we're at number, this is number 10, story number 10. We've got another autopilot crash. This one, though, is a little different in that the owner of the car is actually taking responsibility for it and not blaming the car. I picked this up via my friends at Teslarati. A Tesla owner by the name of Mark Moltan, or Moltan, I'm not sure quite how he pronounces it, says he was driving along Highway 175 in Texas when his autopilot-enabled Tesla swerved into a cable guardrail resulting in significant damage to the car. He wasn't hurt, and he escaped with only a bloody nose, but the car is uh, not looking too salvageable at this point. He tells Bloomberg that he reached into the... Hold on, let me back up for a second. Listen to this. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. Because this... When I read this, I, I, I was like... I just couldn't even believe what I'm, what I'm hearing. Molthan, Molthan tells Bloomberg that he reached into the glove compartment to get, hold on, a cloth, and he was busy cleaning the dashboard just prior to the first collision. So you're at highway speed, you're, you're doing probably, especially in Texas, you're probably doing 75 at least, because at le- I think the limit on Texas, inter- Texas freeways uh is 75. I've driven through Texas once or twice, and I I think it's pretty quick down there. So freeway speeds, hands completely off the wheel, and you're reaching into the glove box, and then you're staring at your dashboard as you clean it. Because, hey, what better time to pretty up that dashboard than at high speed on a freeway? But to his credit, Uh, he did own up to it. He said, quote, I used autopilot all the time on that stretch of highway, said the 44-year-old Mark Molthan. But now I feel like this is extremely dangerous. It gives you a false sense of security. I'm not ready to be a test pilot. It missed the curve and drove straight into the guardrail. The car didn't stop. It actually continued to accelerate after the first impact into the guardrail. I suppose the records... Uh, Tesla will probably set the record straight on that one way or the other. Molthan also includes, uh, pardon me, also owns a Model X, but says he has lost confidence in autopilot and will not replace his damaged Model S with another one. That's fine. That is his choice. I He could just buy another Model S and not enable autopilot if he's happy with the car otherwise, but, you know, hey, to each his own. I just don't understand, I, even, if, even if he says that his Model S had negotiated that section of road multiple times before on autopilot without incident, really? You're going to, you might as well be like 
have a USB, uh, like a, like a hot plate and just be cooking lunch. I mean, that's, that seems, uh, <laughs> cleaning your dash just seems like really, that's, that's what you decided to do. I mean, that just, that's crazy to me that, uh, you know, it's one thing to, okay, you know, you're technically supposed to keep your hands on the wheel. You have to, you're, that's what you're agreeing to when you, uh, when you activate autopilot. But, you know, I made a video for IGN and I, you know, I was, I had my, you know, I had my arms folded and I, you know, but the pro, you know, I, I'm not somebody who's going to sit here and say, you definitely keep your hands on it at all times. You know, if, if you get to a point where you're very, very comfortable with, with autopilot, including the road you're on, Sure, I mean, I, with my Model 3, I will probably take my hands off, even though I'm not supposed to, on known stretches of road. But I'm not going to take my... I would never take my eyes off. I mean, because that's that was my initial experience. Now, I, I've that's all I've had with Autopilot is an initial experience. So that's, that's what I can convey to any of you listening who haven't gotten to experience Autopilot. I know there are many of you listeners who, who are, in fact, Tesla owners who get to experience it every day, but my sort of initial experience with autopilot, which I've described on the show before, but you know, after I got over the initial sort of science fiction, like shock of, you know, of wonder and disbelief that this was happening. Once I got a little comfortable, I found the autopilot to be, uh, just sort of a way to, to ease the, uh, I, don't, I won't call it stress necessarily, but because I don't, I, I mean that that is what I mean, but not quite in this in the normal sense of the word. I guess it's it just helps. It, it's it helps take a bit of the edge off of a off of a commute, you know, off of the highway drive, you know, where your your muscles aren't all necessarily engaged, and you're not, you know, it just kind of it just kind of you can kind of come down a notch. You just relax a little bit. You know, you you can you still need to. Ha- you know, I, I had my eyes on the road, but I found myself in a more relaxed state rather than in a you know constant defensive, ready for anything state. And I know I, I'm probably that's even with autopilot, you probably should still be in that state. But um, but boy, to be cleaning your dash seems seems a little excessive to me. But I mean, hey, I'm glad that uh, Mark is okay, and you know. We'll see if he changes. He didn't say he's going to sell his Model X, but um, yeah, I guess you know. Hey, hope he finds a replacement car that that makes him happy, whether whether it's a Tesla or not. All right, for our last two stories here, let's go around the globe a little bit, starting in Australia. So attention, I know I've got Australian listeners. I've heard from them before, and I love it. I appreciate that uh, that this this podcast somehow gets around the world, all hemispheres, all uh, longitudes and latitudes. So Tesla is having a launch party for the Model X in Australia on August 24th in Sydney. Tesla Roddy notes that if they have any of the right hookers, at the, that was the worst Australian accent ever. You know, it's funny, I'm normally pretty good about voices and accents and stuff, but for some reason on this show... They come out real bad. <laughs> but anyway, um, Tesla Roddy makes a, a solid note here that if there are right-hand drive Xs at this launch event, it would be the first time 
that a right-hand drive version of the X has been seen publicly. So if you are down in Australia and you're near Sydney, maybe uh, bug your friendly neighborhood Tesla representatives, ask politely, see if they might let you come to the event. But either way, get ready to start seeing Model X down on your roads down in Australia. So I thought that was cool. It's good to see the X spread its wings around the world. And finally this week, final story here, uh, is unfortunately not a great one, not, a, not good news to report. A very unfortunate and, and strange uh, situation in France. A Model S fire in France here. A 90D Model S departed for a test drive with a couple inside and a Tesla sales associate accompanying them in, uh, in Biarritz, France before the driver uh, in the, in, well, during the drive was alerted with the following message in the car, quote, problems with charging. The driver pulled over to the side of the road and shortly after the Model S burst into flames. Tesla's statement on the matter is, quote, we are working with the authorities to establish the facts of the incident and offer our full cooperation. The passengers are all unharmed. They were able to safely exit the vehicle before the incident occurred. I'll tell you, there, uh, a bit of a lighthearted, a bit of a lighthearted ending to this. A- according to the story, the couple, the test driving couple were elated after Tesla came to pick them up in a Model X after they had to get out of the, the uh, immolating Model S. So that, that's cool of them. They were, they were still like, yay, cool, a Model X. But I'll tell you, I'm very curious to learn what happened here. And I'm sure we will learn about what happened here. You know, Tesla's been very open about these kinds of things. And uh, I'm sure the media will be, will be looking for something to pull out of this. Probably something not good. I hate to be pessimistic and negative about that. Particularly since uh, I am kind of part of the media. But I'm in a you know, different sector, video game media. But... Uh, yeah, you know, I'm sure there will be many inquiries into this and hopefully Tesla will set the record straight and figure out how this happens. But, you know, this happens much, much more often in gas powered cars. But it, but I'll tell you in a gas powered car, it's a lot easier to fathom why, you know, in this situation, I'm just not sure how, how this could possibly occur. So I'm very much looking forward to hearing the results of this car's autopsy. And, and in fact, this reminds me, I get the, uh, the, Gria, the uh, Griot's Garage catalog because I've ordered car detailing products from them in the past. And it, this, this story actually reminded me of just sort of the, you know, kind of the double standard here. Let me find the spot. I think it's toward the back of the catalog. I should have bookmarked it. That's uh, bad show prep on my part. But get this. I, I wish you could see the picture of this. Oh, here it is. Uh, if you get the Griot's Garage catalog, it's handbook number 418, and it's page 62. There is actually an ad. One of the products that Griot's Garage sells are a small and a large fire extinguisher unit uh, for your car. There is now in the in the catalog entry there is a photograph at the top of a 
what appears to be a Porsche completely engulfed in flames with the caption, don't let this happen to you. And then underneath that, kill the fire, not your car. And the product description is, Halotron 1 is a clear liquid stored under pressure that vaporizes upon release and it's EPA approved. It doesn't degrade like powders do, so its shelf life is up to 11 years. The Halotron 1 vapor is non-conductive, providing fast, clean fire control. Features a high-quality trigger and nozzle and a built-in gauge. The, uh, and then just some measurements. And there's $159 for the little one, $209 for the big one. But that tells you the sort of double, you know, anytime there is a very, very rare Tesla fire, it's all over every media outlet everywhere. But in the ICE world, it is literally a, an item on, in the middle of the catalog with a picture of a completely in, f- engulfed in flames Porsche. And they're just like, hey, well, cars catch fire all the time, so why not buy one of our fire extinguishers? So I thought that was kind of a, a bit of an interesting thing to share with you here uh, as part of this story. All right, that was it. 12 big Tesla news stories. Sorry, that was a little Marv Alberti there, wasn't it? 12 big Tesla news stories this week. Yes! Uh, Anyway, I told you I'm a little loopy today. I am exhausted. (laughs) I'm ready for bed. I got to get this show done. Uh, I'll come right back with a few things to wrap up for you here right after this. Before I go, I want to remind you uh, about the Patreon that I've launched a couple months back uh, in support of the podcast here, patreon.com slash Podcast. I'm inching closer to that $1,000 a month goal, about just about 70% of the way there. If you're already pledging, thank you so much. Uh, if, you get, if you enjoy the show, you listen regularly, if you can throw, you know, a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars, whatever... Uh, you can spare and uh, want to, you know, I would really appreciate any and all consideration because it is all going to help make my Tesla dream come true. So again, that's uh, Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Tesla podcast. And again, the uh, referral program is running. So if you are buying a Tesla, if you're taking advantage of that new two-year lease option or uh, acquiring a Tesla any other way, Go ahead and get yourself $1,000 off by punching this referral code into your browser, ts.la slash Kevin4901. You'll get $1,000 off your S or X. Uh, Kevin Rapp will get some cool prizes, and I will get, courtesy of Kevin donating them to me, his uh, chances to win the Model X in the referral, uh, the referral drawing, the raffle, rather, that'll happen uh, later, a couple more months from now, later this year. You can follow me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. Email uh, is teslapodcast at gmail.com. Uh, abstractocean.com it is a fantastic Tesla accessory site for you owners. Uh, they've got a couple of new products in. Wanted to mention real quick. Model X silicone fob pockets, the key silicone uh, key fob pockets, as well as some uh, super slick looking high quality Tesla lanyards 
for however you want to use it, whether you want to attach it to your uh, your Model X key, your Model S key, or whether you are a business person who wants to show off a little a little Tesla spirit at your business conference. I, I go to a lot of events myself that require lanyards. Uh, Dave T's weekly Tesla newsletter. I love it. TeslaWeekly.com. You can sign up for free there, and every Friday morning, Dave will deliver you a uh, cool little newsletter that recaps the week's Tesla news in a bite-sized format. TeslaRati.com. Love that site. They are very, very kind to, uh, to help get the word out about the show, and they cover, they're on top of all things in the world of Tesla. Gene and Electric Gen and the crew there. And, uh, of course, listening to the show, which you're already doing if you made it this far. If you're not already subscribing, it's much easier if you just subscribe. Then the show automatically comes to you each and every Sunday at uh, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. You can, get the sh- you can subscribe on iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, or just the RSS feed on the website, which is teslapodcast.libsyn, L-I-B-S-Y-N.com. Uh, of course, you can actually get the podcast early, a little early, if you are a uh, Patreon subs- uh, pledger, a backer. Uh, the early access goes to $5 and up backers, but I want to thank now the $20 and up backers. The, those are the Patreon producers, and those kind folks are Jeff Bartram, DJ Harbaugh, Pete White, Wolfgang Obergen, George Cassiopo, ZL Klein, David Brander, Nick Hoffman, Ralph Weiss, and Jonathan Wales. And a reminder that a $10 or higher pledge will get you that bonus episode, the all uh, hotline episode that, uh, that happens once every month. It's happening at the beginning of each month. So we're, uh, we're two weeks away from the next from the, uh, the next version of that. So thank you so much to everybody for listening. Uh, it's been a, it was, boy, it was a heck of a, you know, no, no, like monster mega Tesla news this week, just, you know, a ton of little things, but interesting little things, you know, 12, 12 fascinating little stories that were, that were neat in some way or another. So I appreciate your time, uh, your, your attention as always each and every week, happy electric motoring, and I'll see you all next week.